the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. And I guess the lead story today, I don't normally follow the pattern of what is the lead story, but this is, in my mind, there's many competition. The former Prime Minister of Japan, 67-year-old Shinzo Abe, shows uh, they have a new footage showing that his uh, bodyguards tried to deflect the assassin's bullets with briefcases as the former Prime Minister freezes when the first shot is fired, then slumps when fatal bullets hit. Chilling photo also shows killer Tetsuya Yamagami calmly walking, calmly waiting behind Abe as he prepares to attack. It's hard to imagine that there was a political intent he sounds like like a crackpot. It's almost impossible to get a gun in Japan, so from what I heard, I cannot confirm, from what I heard, he uh, manufactured his own gun. With 3D printing, if this becomes more and more possible, to a large extent, the gun laws will be irrelevant. It's very, even I find that very scary. Yep. Well, he served two terms as Prime Minister, 2006 to 2007, and then again from 2012 until 2020. Well, we'll find out why this happened. There is a, a rupture to the to the public in any country when a leader is assassinated, even if it's a former leader. All all murders of the innocent are horrific. Almost the worst thing a human being could do is take the life of a person who doesn't deserve to have their life taken. It's it should it, it should horrify us. But there is a consequence, there is a side effect of the murder of a leader of a country that, is, uh, that renders it even more serious. Every life is precious, whether you're a prime minister or a retired ditch digger. And we've come to believe ditch diggers are really, really important as it happens. 
the ramifications are horrific. I was a very young kid when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And I remember vividly, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and I remember I lived near a an L, an elevated subway stop. King's Highway, it was called. And I remember walking by it Sunday. He, John F. Kennedy was assassinated on Friday. And I remember seeing the train pull into the station. And it's so interesting what you remember from your youth. And I remember thinking, the trains are running? The president w- was assassinated and the trains are running like nothing happened? I was amazed that life went on with some degree of normalcy, but it did, but it doesn't. It's not an assassination, but in the realm of damage to the body politic, damage to the society, I have another story for you. Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh went out to dine at a Morton Steakhouse in Washington, D.C., and thugs of the pro-choice movement, not everybody on the pro-choice side is a thug, but thugs on the pro-choice side, told Morton's to kick him out, and uh, so harassed him that uh, he uh, he sneaked out of the restaurant through the back entrance. This is from Mediaite. Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh forced to escape D.C. Steakhouse through back due to protesters. Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh exited a Washington, D.C. Steakhouse this week through the back door due to protesters, reported Politico. The outlet's Playbook newsletter reported on Friday that Kavanaugh was, quote, dining at Morton's downtown D.C. location as protesters soon showed up out front, called the manager to tell him to kick Kavanaugh out, and later tweeted that the justice was forced to exit through the rear of the restaurant. We hear Kavanaugh snuck out the back with his security detail at Morton's, Morton's should be ashamed for welcoming a man who so clearly hates women, tweeted, shut down D.C. Well, he hates women. That's right. What starts as a as a phony line on the left becomes believed by many leftists. So the majority of those who are anti-abortion are women. More women are against abortion than men. Uh, according to polls that I have seen throughout my life. And I guess they hate women too. They very rarely argue if you notice, there are almost no arguments on the left. There are lines. 
let a woman do what she wants with her own body is a line. It's not an argument. She's not doing it with her body or to her body. She's doing it to another body. The pro-choice people, and I've never called them pro-abortion, but apparently very, very many are. They think it's a moral good abortion, not a tragedy that should be allowed, but a moral good. The, an abortion is done to another body. So the line, a woman should do what she wants with her own body or hands off my uterus. The irony is the, the pro-life people want hands off a woman's uterus. That's the irony. You hate women, according to these pro-lifers. You hate women if you have moral problems with abortion on demand. That's novel, isn't it? I've asked this all my life. Do leftists believe their lies? I've come to the conclusion that they do, that anything said often enough, like men give birth, is ultimately believed. If you repeat a lie often enough, no matter how big, in fact, the bigger it is, I think this was Goebbels' line. If you repeat a big lie often enough, Many people will believe it. It's very scary. It's a scary crowd on the left. It is a, it is deranged. What they're doing to children. The National Education Association has a has a meeting going on, and it will vote on whether to ever use the term mother again or birthing person. That's deranged, my friends. It is deranged. There is a... Sean, did you find the Tucker Carlson? It's at at the very beginning. And there is a, a, a saying which had a deep impact on me. I told you I was raised with Hebrew aphorisms which really formed the... Weltanschauung, the worldview of my life. One of them, also from the Talmud, so about 18, 1700 years old, and probably older than that. Those who are cruel to the kind will be kind to the cruel, or I think it's the other way around. Those who are kind to the cruel will be cruel to the kind. If anything portrays accurately the left, that line does. They are kind to the cruel and cruel to the kind. I have an example coming up. Rising interest rates, stock volatility, out-of-control inflation. People are concerned about what the future holds financially. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. There's no better time than the present to move a portion of your IRA into precious metals. Gold and silver IRAs are more popular than ever, and dealers are advertising heavily for your business. You should know there's a right and a wrong way to set up your precious metals IRA. Mistakes could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in IRS fines. Nick Grover 
Rich, man I completely trust, owner of Amfed Coin and Bullion, has agreed to send you a concise report about how to set up your IRA and how to get the best bang for your buck. Nick and his team will be happy to help you set up your precious metals IRA or review your current account. Call Amfed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694 for your free IRA report and all your precious metals needs. AmericanFederal.com. That's AmericanFederal.com. I was not familiar with this story. I guess it took place last week. Maybe it took place the day before. I, I don't know what day it took place in New York City. This is a classic example of the moral sickness. It's, so, it's sociopathic, actually. Sociopathologic, whichever term you wish. The rot that has seeped into the left. People who do evil are protected, and people who protect themselves against evil are prosecuted. George Soros, who was such a bad human being that I, this this will sound, I admit, odd, but I, I have found that being transparent is ultimately a benefit. I have never believed in the diabolical, that is, that province of life that belongs to the devil. As Isaiah 45, 7 notes, God is the ultimate author of both good and evil, as there's only one God. And I didn't, I didn't believe in a counterforce. But there are people who make you think Maybe maybe there is this counterforce of evil present. George Soros is an example of that. A man who devotes his life to destroying what is good. So he has these prosecutors who are truly diabolical human beings. Los Angeles, San Francisco, Philadelphia, New York City. Who, whose motto is... Be kind to the cruel and be cruel to the kind. I'll, I'll have you hear Tucker Carlson describe it, but first I'll just summarize it for you. A 61-year-old Hispanic immigrant, Dominican Republic, working very hard to make a living. A woman trying to steal a potato chips. A guy running a bodega is not what we would call rich. Told him to put them back. She called her boyfriend, who then attacked him, tried to beat him up. It's all on video. And the bodega owner, 61-year-old Dominican immigrant, stabbed the man to death. He was then arrested by New York City police, bailed $250,000. People with rap sheets as long as a telephone directory have minimal bail, if any. This guy was put in Rikers Island prison. This moral giant, this hero, 
of goodness is arrested in the sick world of New York, Philadelphia, L.A., San Francisco, anywhere where a Soros-funded DA is in charge. Putting this man in prison for protecting his life against a man who had a rap sheet and who came to hurt him, maybe kill him, but certainly hurt him. Putting that man in prison is the mark of a very, very sick society. Very sick people do that. The district attorney in New York is a sick bastard. We have truly bad human beings. I, it, it, it's painful for this America-loving citizen to think that the society has been able to produce such low life, such bad, bad, bad people like these district attorneys and the Soros who fund them. Where does it come from? The sick mentality. I'll tell you where it comes from in part. Something I have warned about all of my life. The left has no moral compass. It is not a matter of broken. They don't think in moral terms. They think in racial and economic and gender terms. They think of black and white. So it was a black man trying to beat up the Hispanic Therefore, he is right. The black man beating up the non-black is right because he's black. That is how leftists think. I was told this at Columbia University. A black cannot be a racist. A sick, sick notion. There is no universal morality. The, the bedrock of Western and Judeo-Christian civilization is that morality is universal. There is no universal morality on the left. There never has been. There is a right for the working class, according to Lenin and Marx, and a wrong for the working class. There's no right and wrong for all. There's no right and wrong for all colors. Blacks go by a different moral code, according to the left. And yet, people who believe in a universal moral code, will vote Democrat again this year. They are as responsible for the rot that put this man in jail for protecting his life as any leftist. It is the cowardly, weak, indoctrinated liberal who has made the left possible. There are not many leftists. Liberals put them into power. Yeah. So they're preoccupied with Trump. That's how they think. Uh, how much time do we have for Tucker here? One minute. Well, let's start it. Take it away. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Here's a story that tells you a lot. Last Friday, a 35-year-old convicted felon called Austin Simon walked into a neighborhood convenience store in Harlem in New York City.
and pushed his way behind the counter. Austin's girlfriend had just had a dispute with the clerk in the store. The clerk was a 61-year-old Dominican immigrant called Jose Alba. The woman wanted a bag of potato chips, but there was no money left on her government-issued food stamp card. So the clerk tried to take back the chips. The woman became enraged and went and got her boyfriend. Now, the boyfriend, Austin Simon, had a long history of violent crime. Simon had spent at least three years in prison for assault. Okay, we'll hold it there, and we will continue upon return. The Dennis Prager Show. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work, and that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. Man starts beating up a store clerk in Manhattan. 61-year-old man, 30-something-year-old guy with a rap sheet starts beating him up because the girlfriend tried to steal chips and he took the chips back. And the man who tried to save his life by stabbing the guy successfully and killed him is uh, is charged with murder in New York City because of a Soros-funded DA there. Remember, this is I said, I've said it all of my life. The normal moral compass does not apply on the left. There is no right and wrong that is universal. Right and wrong depends on black or white, powerful or weak, male or female, rich or poor. It is the antithesis of the Judeo-Christian moral foundation of the West. There is one law for all because there is one God from whom moral law emanates. The sophisticates, the sick people who think left, leftly, laugh at those of us who believe in this God. Soros and these DAs and the left are the consequences of the death of that God in the West. So even if you think it's a fairy tale, let's put it this way, it is a morally necessary fairy tale. I don't believe it's a fairy tale, but even if it is, its death leads to the unraveling of civilization, the ascent of barbarity, as you have in Manhattan in this case. Continue with Tucker Carlson, please. 
assistant parole expired last May. Though Simon had no apparent job, he was wearing a $300 designer t-shirt and a gold earring, and he was extremely angry. He was furious. Austin Simon threw Alba into a wall, then leaned down and screamed in his face. When the older man stood up, Simon grabbed him by the neck. Here's a local news account describing what happened next. Surveillance video shows 37-year-old Austin Simon push the clerk behind the bodega counter and then stand over him. Moments later, a struggle ensues. The two wrestle and the clerk stabs Simon multiple times. This happened late Friday night in the Blue Moon convenience store off West 140th Street. Police were called for an assault in progress and found Simon bleeding from two stab wounds in his chest and one in his neck. He later died at the hospital and police arrested the deli clerk, 51-year-old Jose Alba, for second-degree murder. Alba's 61, by the way. He's every bit as old as he looks. Now, Simon died. Every death is sad. But at the same time, decent people can acknowledge that some deaths are much sadder than others. And Austin Simon's death is not one of those. Simon was a thug. He was a taker. He was a cruel and vicious bully. Austin Simon was the sort of person who beats up old men simply because he can't. Functional societies have zero tolerance for people like Austin Simon because people like Austin Simon hurt the weak and prevent the productive from producing. They themselves contribute nothing. They are, in fact, the mirror image of men like Jose Alba. Jose Alba came to the United States 30 years ago to work, and working is exactly what he was doing at the bodega in Harlem at almost midnight on Friday, selling chips to people who don't bother to work, holding up the retail economy for minimum wage. A healthy society celebrates, venerates men like Jose Alba, men with jobs and families, men with independence and dignity. And above all, a healthy society affirms the right of men like this to self-defense. Self-defense is the cornerstone of all liberty. If you can't defend your own life and property, you have no rights at all. And that was obvious in America for centuries. This was a country whose leaders encouraged decent behavior, who held up the common man, as a hero. But that has changed. Jose Alba wasn't lauded for his bravery or his resourcefulness. He wasn't congratulated for defending himself in the face of a violent felon much younger than him, though every single normal person who watched that video on social media applauded, every single one. And yet Alba was arrested at the scene and he was sent to jail. An openly racist, Soros-backed prosecutor called Alvin Bragg then charged Jose Alba with felony murder. He sent him to Rikers Island, a jail famous among Democrats because it's so squalid and so dangerous that they have spent decades trying to shut it down. All right, we'll continue. Man was sent by Alvin Bragg to prison. Hello, everybody. The fight between good and evil is pretty stark in America. Okay, we continue with uh, Tucker Carlson's discussion of what is as clear as possible the left-wing division of right and wrong is not the normative one. If a black commits evil, for many leftists, it's understandable And a white who is innocent is evil because he's white. In this case, I don't know if even the Dominican would be called white, but a Dominican man was attacked in his store. 
by a guy with a rap sheet, a guy who is a thug, but the thug happens to be the same color as the district attorney, and even if the district attorney were white, as in the cases of Philadelphia and Los Angeles and San Francisco, it would be the same thing. They, too, divide the world not between right and wrong, but between black and white, rich and poor, strong and weak, and so on. He is put in prison, in his horrible prison, with a $250,000 bail for protecting himself and stabbing this man. Continue. wasn't so bad they didn't send Jose Alba there. And then Bragg set his bail at a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000, in a city that very recently was considering getting rid of all bail. Compare that to the bail of other violent criminals. Now, a judge later lowered that bond to $50,000, but the message that Bragg sent was very clear to everyone watching, and it was this. If the criminal who assaults you is a member of a favored group, you don't have the right to fight back. You may not defend yourself. You must take whatever he gives you, because thugs have more rights than you do. You being the person dumb enough to be working at almost midnight in a bodega in Harlem on a Friday. That's the message. All right. It wasn't... We'll leave it at that. By the way, I have an update on this, which I I don't know where I learned this. A, a GoFundMe page was set up for the Dominican man to help pay his bail, and GoFundMe took it down. There is nothing the left doesn't poison. Nothing. The moment leftists get into any any anything, no matter how beautiful it was, the 4-H club they have ruined. All they know is Soros-like destruction. They build nothing. They destroy all that is beautiful, including beautiful music, beautiful architecture, beautiful art. If it's beautiful, the left loathes it. They like scatological art exhibits which I brought to you repeatedly, right? Remember the giant turd exhibit in the Netherlands? That's what it was called. I didn't make it up. New York Times reported on it respectfully. Yes, giant fecal matter. That's what the left is good at, making fecal matter. They obviously think highly of it because it's prominent in San Francisco. San Francisco is like a living fecal matter exhibit. It is very hard for people who are not leftist. It's very hard for decent people to understand the destructive, the pathologic. It may be impossible, but it doesn't matter if you understand them. You need to understand what they're doing. Prescott, Arizona. Nish. Hello, Nish. Hey, Dennis. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm kind of torn on this one. I, I watched Tucker. I watched that show. And then I read the story. It's not quite as cut and dry as maybe um, we're making it out to be. It sounds like the bodega owner was not a very nice man. The little girl, the, her credit card, the the mother's credit card wouldn't go through and the, the bodega owner guy ripped grabbed the girl by the arm and 
rip the potato chips out of her hand. And uh, the guy initially, I guess, from what I read, went in to have him apologize to the little girl, and it escalated from there. Well, wait, so what think, do you mean? I'm, I'm just curious. Wait, wait one second. When you say little girl, how old was this person? I, I When I, I read the story, I think she was 8 or 10 or something like that. She was I, a young girl. Yeah. I, the mother, the no, girl nobody, uh, you may be right, but I haven't seen that. Sean, could you check into that? How old yeah, was the girl? Yeah, go on. So yeah, so he wouldn't apologize. She want she would she she wanted to steal the potato chips. Is that accurate? That's not what I read. What did you what What did you read? Okay, I watched Tucker last night, and I thought this is weird. Dying over a bag of potato chips. No, 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 no. That's a, that's that's a dishonest way of describing it. He's dying over beating up the man. He didn't die over potato chips. He died over trying to beat up the owner. Dennis, let me finish. No, no, I'm not letting you finish until you retract what you said. He, she, he didn't die over potato chips. You made up a, a, a lie. I'm sorry, my friend. No, I'm not. I'm not lying, Dennis. We're not agreeing. On he, that. no. Wait a minute. He died because he attacked the man, not because of the potato chips. Okay, I'll agree with you. Dennis. Okay, good. So I'm keeping you on. Hold on. I got to take a break. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. It's the happy, 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 happy hour. Hey, everybody, the happiness hour. It's 1999. 23 years every Friday that I broadcast, which is about 48 a year. Because the happy make the world better. And the unhappy make it hit worse. And the unhappy make it hit worse. That's why we have the happy hour. Hey, good. Hey, guys. Hey, the original lyrics. Hello, my friends. Happiness is a moral obligation. Happy people do make the world better. Isn't it obvious to you? So it's a big deal happiness. Big deal. So today's happiness hour is on a micro subject. And I 
I'm debating. The reason for these moments of silence is I have two spectacular topics in my brain. <laughs> and I haven't resolved which one, even as the hour begins, which is unfortunate. But I think I'll take this one. Believe it or not, a, a, a lot of people do not do so do not do what would make them happy that it makes me wonder on occasion does everybody want to be happy you would think that if there is any universal it is that everybody wants to be happy and I no longer am convinced of that they, they, there are two problems here. This is important stuff. One problem is that there are people who revel in their misery. Now, I, I admit that I, I can't relate to that, <laughs> say the least. It, it is like reveling in uh, I don't know, living in squalor I, I I just I know it's true but I I I have no ability to empathize with it yet thanks in in large measure to the happiness hour and you who have called in and I've gotten to speak to I learned years ago that there you know people not all of you I don't, personally. I, they, I guess they just wouldn't stay in my life. But th many of you know people who find comfort in their unhappiness. Why? Because it brings them attention. People love attention. And... If they became happy, they would not get the, the same amount of attention. But it, it, I'm sure that there are other reasons. So it's a two-pronged issue. Do people want to be happy? There are those who do not. And there are those who do, but don't do almost any of the things that would make them happy. I'm going to concentrate on the second more because most of you listening, nearly every one of you listening, would like to be happy. Some of you are. But everyone, whether you are or you're not, would like, to, everyone listening just about, I believe, wants to be happy. So I'm not addressing as much those who revel in their misery. That's worthy of its own topic. I am addressing those who do not revel in unhappiness, want to be happy, but don't do what it takes to be happy. It is, this is the great dilemma, or one of the great dilemmas of life. It takes an effort to be happy. It takes no effort to be unhappy. And people now, nowadays, 
to be more precise. In, in my lifetime, people have thought that you really don't need to make continuous efforts to be happy. Happiness should simply come of its own. Or I'm either happy or unhappy, and there's nothing I can do about it if I'm unhappy. The biggest problem, in my opinion, I-M-H-O, as they put it on the internet, in my humble opinion, is that people do not understand, A, you need to pursue happiness, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This was understood in the past, not by everybody. I don't want to romanticize the past. But the very fact that, that word, those words are in the Declaration of Independence, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, means that the pursuit of happiness was a very big deal in 1776 in this new country called the United States of America. It was a big deal. And it's interesting to me, I'd like to know how many declarations of countries' independence have the term pursuit of happiness. Americans wanted it, but by the way, they didn't only mean happiness in the sense of being happy. It was combined with the pursuit of happiness was in it, uh, unremovable from the pursuit of virtue. It was believed that a virtuous life, a, a term that has, has died before I was born, the virtuous life was a happier life. And it, it is true, incidentally. The virtuous life is a happier life. But how many kids are taught at school or at home to pursue virtue? Or even to pursue happiness? People think they pursue it in some cases or simply don't in others. And I will give you example after example because generalizations must always be followed by examples. So here's an example I have given on, on a number of occasions in my broadcast life. If you took up a musical instrument and you practiced it for a half hour a day, just a half hour, that means you gave up, let's say, a half hour of TV, just to give an example of what you might have given up. It is said that people watch video, TV, whatever it is, hours, maybe five hours a day. I don't know what the latest assessment of time is. Even if it's three hours. But So if you gave up a half hour of TV watching and you studied a language, all right, you, you want to learn, you pick a language, it doesn't matter which, and you devoted a half hour a day to studying it, or a, or a musical instrument, one year from now, do you think you would be happier 
less happy or, or the same? If you gave up the half hour of TV and took up an instrument or a language. I think it's a really good example of telling people this will make you happier, but they don't do it. So the truth is people don't pursue happiness. They pursue pleasure. I, I am as afflicted as anyone. I have overcome it because I'm so well aware of what brings ultimate happiness. But I, I, I'm a pleasure seeker as much as anybody. So the question really is valid. Do people pursue happiness? One eight Prager seven seven six eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. The Dennis Prager Show. Een klap van de molen. Een klap van de molen. We had a Dutch guest on the show yesterday, and when she heard that, van de molen. I thought she was quite taken aback. Hit the head by a windmill. It's a Dutch saying for obvious reasons. Van de molen. Okay, alright. So Sean has a slight ADD issue. Oh, he corrected me. It's not slight. Enjoy the music, everybody. This is the hour you set the agenda, whatever's on your mind about you, about me, about life, about death, and of course about fountain pens, classical music, audio equipment, photography equipment, and cigars. I got it right. 1-8 Prager 776. I love this hour. And it's very varied. I always note, do not be offended. People get offended too easily. It's not good for them. It's not good for society. If I don't take your call, if I let it go, it has nothing to do with you. It doesn't even necessarily reflect poorly on the subject. I just may not want to take the subject. Some things have been talked about to deaths. Some things I know nothing about. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I know a lot about a lot, but I know nothing about things too. So if you're calling in about photosynthesis... I'm not your man. Or about any of the laws of aerodynamics. And by the way, I wish I did know more about them. But you ha- you have to pick and choose in life. It's like I chose at a given point in life to read nonfiction more than fiction. A lot more. Because I needed to know more things. But there's I've missed out on some great books as a result. Life is a series of picking and choosing. All right, y'all, let's see here. All right. Let's go to Ron in Philadelphia. Hello, Ron. Hello, Dennis. How are you? Very well, thank you. So I I just, um, I was telling your screener, just upset that as a, a Jewish man that now Jews are saying that Jewish law says that 
um, abortion is legal and it supports abortion uh, almost up to birth. And uh, and that if you ch- overturn Roe v. Wade, that it is now saying that uh, uh, it is now against religious freedoms. And I and I, <laughs> I don't know quite where to go with that. So I'm turning to my radio rabbi. Are you a member of a synagogue? I am. I assume it's conservative or reform? It is uh, conservative to reconstructionist, yes. What does your rabbi say? Oh, my rabbi feels absolutely that, um, unfortunately, (laughs) she's very liberal, and she feels that abortion is covered by Jewish law. When I started to do the research, I could not find this anywhere. I... uh, I, I was just astounded. And, and like I said, they find this angle now to come out against uh, pro-life and religious people saying, you are now taking away our religious freedom. So it's one more case of, of members of our tribe, Dennis, just not really understanding. I'm what curious if they use the I, I'm following this, but I, uh, before I answer you, I'm curious in light of the sensitivity to religious freedom what they thought about taking away the freedom of synagogues to have services for almost two years. Oh, and and I fought that tooth and nail. You're exactly right. Well, I talked well, to just a, out of curiosity, of given your views, do you have any friends at the synagogue? <laughs> four. I four. have four. That's, and, that's, more than, and that's three more than I down. expected. <laughs> what? I, I went to Saturday services two weeks ago, the, the day after the Roe v. Wade thing, and uh-huh. it was like a therapy session for members of my congregation going, what are we going to do? And uh, do, I they know you, do, do they know your views? They do. And the rabbi actually came up to me afterwards because we've had many interesting conversations and said to me, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you're okay after this conversation. I said, listen, I want to hear all viewpoints. Our side, Dennis, is used to hearing all view side, viewpoints. You That's know what correct. I mean? The left only goes, you're evil and need to be destroyed, they, and I don't want to hear you because right. you upset me. So I'm going to write out a column of questions to ask the pro-choice community. It's not, it won't be an attack. It'll just be questions. Like, for example, if a, a married couple, they always give the examples, the extreme examples of rape and incest. So let's, well, I'll give an extreme example in the other direction. A married affluent couple that already has a, a child or two, the wife gets pregnant, and they uh, find out that uh, it's a girl, and they already have two girls. They want a boy. So they abort the fetus, as they would call it, because it's a girl. What would your rabbi say Judaism has to say about that abortion? Right. No, I, I think, you know, it, 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 as you can tell, it leaves me speechless. And, and um, I, I can straddle the fence, and I don't know about you, Dennis, and, and your views on abortion, but I understand both sides. I have two very close friends of mine that had to have abortions. Well, I don't, I'll tell you, no, I don't understand process. the people who dismiss the moral problem of most abortions. I don't, I, I, you understand both sides. You're a better man than me. I don't understand the notion that uh, a viable baby, when yeah, it, when right. it, okay, which we all acknowledge 
could live outside the womb is killed for no reason having to do with the mother's health. I don't, I, I truly, I don't understand that. It is a level of narcissism and moral blindness yeah. that I don't understand. The, anyway, I'm going to answer your thing. Thank you for calling. He, he, has a good, he has a truly good temperament. What he needs is a good synagogue. Not easily found, one might add. Hope the Orthodox will hold the line, but I'm, I'm worried about modern Orthodoxy because they all go to college and graduate school and get influenced. Anyway, uh, it has been a Chilol Hashem, very terrible sin in Judaism, a disgrace of God's name, a desecration of God's name, what many rabbis have written. They write it as if Judaism has no moral problem with any abortion, and that's a gigantic lie. It is just as pure a lie as snow is dry. I, I, I'm thinking of some absurd line. Judaism, at the very least, has a problem with abortions that have nothing to do with a woman's life. And the vast, vast majority of abortions in America today have nothing to do with the woman's health. Once you throw in emotional health, it ends the issue, because you could claim every single abortion is to sustain the emotional health of the mother. You're not going to get the same uh, stuff, same notions from Orthodox Jews. The greatest uh, Jewish thinker who ever lived even non-Orthodox Jews would acknowledge this was Maimonides. Maimonides wrote that abortion is murder. M-U-R-D-E-R. Now, by the way, you'll find this particularly interesting. He said it was murder for the whole world, but not murder if a Jew did it. Now you say, well, that that's, you know, what kind of morality is that? I'll tell you exactly what his thinking was. Jews didn't perform abortions for no reason. So if a Jew did, the assumption was it truly was to save the, the mother's life. But he believed that uh, among the nations of the world, abortion was not done just for the sake of saving a mother's life. And then in that case, it is murder. The, the, the selective quotes of all of these non-Orthodox rabbis has desecrated God's name. Uh, the the lack of intellectual honesty is what's troubling. I mean, just ask these rabbis or these or these these Protestant uh, ministers. In this regard, Catholic priests are are not going to generally be on this side. They're they're liberal in everything except abortion. In many cases, anyway, certainly the Pope is. But just ask. I would just ask any of these rabbis. How do you explain if the woman wants the baby, it is it is a creature created in God's image, and it's homicide if you kill it. But if she doesn't want the baby, it's perfectly legit to kill it. On, on, on what grounds do you make such an assertion? Forget religion, forget God. Just on, on rational grounds. The baby can live outside the mother, you kill it, and you have no issue with that? The Dennis Prager Show. Some people have dialed pound 250 and said Sean McConnell, and that was uh, 
It was a sweet thing to do, but ineffective. We continue with what is on your mind here. Uh, Michael, Plano, Texas. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So uh, I was calling in because I was a professor at TCU in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, Texas Christian University, although definitely would not call it a a Christian university in in that sense. But um, I was canceled uh, in April in the middle of the classes teaching a public speaking class, and uh, I showed comedy clips different stand-up comedians and things like that, and apparently a student complains to the dean, didn't talk to me about it. The dean, I guess, chain of command, went to the department chair, and the department chair had to intervene and uh, basically told me she needed to sub for a week to do her due diligence and investigate, and I said, okay. And at the end of that week, she said that I was not to return uh, because, um, or I was put on a leave of absence, as as they put it. Um, and I asked if I would be able to return in the fall, and she said, "Nope, we're done." What department uh, was it? Uh, communication department. So it was a public speaking class. Mm-hmm. And you'll I... find this interesting. I know I'm not the only <laughs> professor to have this. Obviously, I know this has been a Thing for a while, but department chair said to me on the phone, uh, and again, this was like a core communication class, it was, you know, public speaking and all that. She told me, and I quote, this was not the place to explore issues. Well, what, were you exploring issues or just providing examples of comedians? Well, you know, we'd have discussion like any class, so we would talk about the concepts behind... You oh, know, so, but it, uh, you're right, though. It, 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 it's truly gaslighting that they don't yeah, want you to I mean, discussing issues in class. That's all that they do. So I, my point then to her was, well, listen, I, I always felt that college should be the place for discourse, right? And that's what I would tell the students mm-hmm. and... You know, how many students? How many students complained? I have no. See, here's the thing: they didn't even tell me what the complaint was. Wow! Was. Wow! They gave me no information. So, I went to HR. Wow. The person at HR said, to, and I know this is this is this is unbelievable. The person at HR said, "Listen," uh, and all I asked was, "Can you tell me the complaint? Can you tell me what happened?" And, and? and the HR lady said, "No, you, you actually you may never know what happened." She looked at me and she said that, you know. So <clears throat> the twist in my situation was I actually did ask students if they could, you know, give me their perspective. And if you did, and I had, you know, a lot of positive feedback and, you know, students saying they disagreed with this, but when they tried to reach out to the person who took over the class, which was the department chair, the, uh, that person would just, or the department chair just ignored their emails. <laughs> So, yep, like, I believe it. I'm sorry. I'm very well. I'm beyond sorry. I'm angry. This notion at college, which is the opposite of of all legal precedent, that you can't confront your 
accuser. You can't even know what you're accused of. It's gone beyond can't confront your accuser. That's that's boys charged with any sexual offense by a girl at college. Don't know whom, don't know what, can't answer, can't ask her questions. Like the story I brought to you the first hour of my radio show, remember, the left does not divide the moral sphere between right and wrong or good and evil. It divides it between male and female, black and white, rich and poor, strong and weak. The strong are wrong, the rich are wrong, whites are wrong, males are wrong. That's that's the way it, that's that's their moral system. Okay, I thank you for your call. And let's see. Hmm. Roseville, California, Michelle. Hello. Hello, Dennis. This is Michelle. Hi. Hi. This is such a privilege because, you know, you are one of the most intelligent men on the planet. Hmm. On the planet? And I get that. That's a big Yes, and I get to ask you a question. (laughs) I heard there was a guy in Madagascar who was brighter, but... Oh, no, 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 no. That's not true. Okay. Dennis, we moved into our new home about a year ago. Love everybody. And I'm the kind of neighbor that likes to cook and bake for my neighbors. I love it. And they love it. They love it. Mm -hmm. We have a couple living next door to us that nobody's ever met. We don't know their names. And even when they play basketball with their kids in their backyard, they wear masks. They, they wouldn't let their kids come out to watch the fireworks the other night. Do you know that and I would bet two Sean's that they voted for the Democrats? Absolutely. If absolutely. you wear if you wear a mask in your backyard while playing basketball, yeah, two and a yeah, half years after COVID. I mean, frankly, yeah. at any time, I would I, I know them. how you vote. My heart breaks for them. I mean, I do. I, well, I almost my, get Wait, your heart breaks. My heart breaks for the kids. Oh, I know. And that it's doesn't horrible. break for but the well, parents. They, so I'm thinking this. Should I send them Dennis Prager's happiness is a serious problem? I think when they see my name, I'm, and, and I'm not sure that they know who I am, but it is possible that that would uh, be enough for them to burn the book. No, come on. i got to send them something. I, I have the book, but I can't give them mine because they're not going to touch it. It's Do you ever touch. talk to them? They won't open their doors. They have... Uh... I see. Okay. <laughs> Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.